Welcome to Origin Gate. This is Wisdom's Echo. My name is Lindy with your thought for the day. I come to you today in a day where we are seeing some more war and rumors of war within our nations. And I've really been saying, Father, to speak to me and to speak to us because we know the scripture says that there will be wars, rumors of wars, there will be earthquakes, there will be pestilences and famines, and yet it is not the end. And so much at the moment is going on with regards to prophecies saying this is the end, the end is coming, we're about to be all taken away. <clears throat> and I think we need to really take this and put it into context of scripture and context of what Yahweh is doing on the face of the earth. You know, the scripture is quite clear that all of creation in Romans chapter 8 is groaning and is waiting for a manifestation of sons and not only is the earth or creation groaning, but so too are we, our bodies are groaning for a manifestation of something. And yet we keep speaking about, we're leaving, we're leaving, we're going somewhere else, we're waiting for, I think, a knight in shining armor, and in our case, you know, the Messiah to come on a white horse and to sweep us off our feet and make everything right. And I think it's time for us to understand as mature sons that Yahweh said, that he'd given us the authority, all power had been given unto him, therefore, because he's in me, all power has been given unto me, now go therefore and do all the things that I've done. And he said, greater things than I have done will you do. He said, as I am in this world, so are you. He's victorious, he's, he's a conqueror, he's all these things, he's a, a creator. And so we are able to step into the fullness of all that Yahweh's given us to do in him, to create, to do the things that we have to do for the sake of the kingdom. And I think we get a bit lost sometimes in our escapism or perhaps in our understanding of end times. Even the world, all of the movies that they do are about end times, you know, apocalypse now, the great, you know, apocalypse when the world is post uh, a nuclear war and the zombies have taken over or whatever it is. And I think we have to be careful that we don't take our rhetoric and our doctrine and our thought processes and put them into and under the sun, into and under the thought processes of the world, which then begin to govern how we think. And to be fair, a lot of us think the way we th our parents thought, the way their parents thought, the way their parents' parents thought, through schooling, through education, through uh, church, through whatever it is. We have thought processes, um, and so we think according to our nativity. And sometimes we have to stop that and we have to turn our attention away from that and turn our attention into Yahweh and say, what are you saying? This is not the first war we've ever had. It's not the first drama we've ever seen in the face of the earth. This is not the first or the second world wars. These are not the great wars. These are not the, the wars of the Americas or the wars that we've seen around the face of the earth or the wars in the Middle East. You know, and, and, and yet at every war, there's a, it's the end of the world, everybody hold on, or go and buy water, go buy food, dig bunkers, because we're going down, get guns, protect yourself, it's all going to go down now, and, and yet we've lived at this forever and ever and ever. When in South Africa, we had our first democratic election, uh, there was a prophet that prophesied and said that blood would flow in the streets for three days. And he said, you must get food and you must get water and do not leave your house, which was a bit, bit of a sort of a conundrum because, of course, it was a free and fair election. And we had an opportunity to go with our staff and 
our gardeners and our friends and all the people that, you know, I was in a multiracial church, all of our multiracial friends for the first time to go and to vote. And now the prophet's saying, it's going to be hell, get inside, keep the food. So people were in the stores, literally with their arms sweeping food into their trolleys and, and uh, their, their baskets and leaving nothing for anybody else in this huge panic because they had to go lock down. And I think some of them are going to have to leave the amount of water and food that they amassed as an inheritance for their children's children because it never happened. It was the most peaceful election ever. In fact, the, the news people of the world all flew to South Africa to video and put on the news the bloodbath that was to be the first democratic election of Southern Africa or South Africa. And nothing happened. It was so peaceful. Not one shot was fired. It was brilliant. We had the best day ever. There were queues for days, all snaking long queues of people of every demographic going, we can't believe this. This is amazing. We were standing in queues with people of every demographic going, this is amazing. This is what we've always wanted. This is what we've believed for, prayed for, and fought for. But not a drop of blood was spilt, which then, of course, didn't ever open the doors for said prophet to come back into the nation because it didn't happen. Now, you could say this because the people prayed, and I understand that. But what if it was never going to happen? What if we constantly prophesy according to an old understanding of doom and gloom under an old system of thus saith the Lord, this is going to be hell on earth, you know, and, and the prophecies at the moment about certain nations that I will lift my hand off those nations and I will punish those nations. And I take umbrage of that because I believe that Yahweh loves and Yahweh uh, is love and that he he loves his people he loves those that pray he loves nations and the people in the nations and so yes he might be dealing into the echelons who are looking for a fight but he won't come and destroy an entire nation including all the christians in the nation in the name of some prophet who's prophesying that god has lifted his hand off that nation i don't believe that i believe that he would lift his hand off of off people in power in those nations because the Bible says he puts people in, he takes people out of power in nations. But to, to condemn an entire nation uh, is incorrect for me because I believe and I know in the, in the current conflict there are people in the nations that absolutely love Yahweh and they're part of our groups, they're part of who we are and uh, we've become first responders in so much as we're making sure that they're provided for and they can provide for their friends and for their neighbors and that we can make sure that they're safe and then help to rebuild both countries. Not one favoring the other. Yahweh doesn't punish them. He punishes the maybe perpetrators, but certainly not whole nations. And we still go into the old system of judgment. The old thus saith the Lord. And I know we're going to see a swathe of prophets at the moment prophesying about the current conflict that is happening in Eastern Europe. Um, and I'm going to go, where were you before it happened? You know, where were you before this? You're all prophesying post, but not pre. And, and, and really, he's come to give us a hope. He's come to give us a joy. He's come to show us what can be done. So this is so good for us. I said today to some friends, how do you know how to stop conflict unless you're in conflict? How do you know how to trust Yahweh to provide food when, you haven't, when you've got lots of food? You have to have no food for you to be able to walk into the dalet, the place of full supply in heaven, um, the widow's oil, and then receive that full supply that never runs out in that place, but you have to be in the place where there is nothing. So in peace, we don't learn how to be blessed of those who are um, peacemakers 
not peacekeepers, peacemakers. We make the peace. How? We make it in the realms of the kingdom. And on the face of the earth, we keep peace amongst all of the people because there's no one person. It's, it's something we all do together. I was looking at a scripture, and I love the scripture. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. But we've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. And I think some people handle the word of God deceitfully by prophesying according to their nativity, according to their background. It's all going to hell in a handbasket, and God is now going to punish this nation. And I think that's a deceitful handling of the word. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hidden, it is hid to them that are lost. Then it goes on to say, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. And then in verse 7 it says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. The excellency of the power of God in me is of God and not of me. It's not my charismatic nature. It's not the type of people that I can command around me. It is because of the power, the excellency of the power of God to bring peace in situations. And I want to say to people who are struggling and perhaps afraid of nuclear threat, etc., we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of our Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be made manifest in our body. You know, we, we stop at the cross, but actually we have to look at what happened in the grave, how his body was transfigured and transformed into a resurrected body. I carry about in my body, bearing in my body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life that he got out of it, that resurrected life body may be made manifest in my body. I don't stop at the death. I go on to the life. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. Why? So that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Not when we die, but now living on the face of the earth. I'm not waiting for a knight in shining armor to whisk me away and finally come and do something. I am not looking for a, a please God, can I have some more mentality like the Oliver Twist syndrome? I need more, give me more, come and help us. We don't know what to do. No, we are called as sons to stand in maturity in our place of authority not to rebuke and to pull down in the name of Jesus, swinging the magic wand of the name of Jesus all over the place according to my nativity, according to my background, but standing in my place as a son, seated on my place, on my throne, in my place of authority in the realms of the kingdom, beginning to govern as a son, holding it in my heart, speaking life over it, and speaking peace, peace to this mountain, grace, grace to this mountain, not taking sides, grace, grace to the mountain. And it says there, for we are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. Why? That the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Now, in this life, I die to myself. I die to things that are in me so that the resurrection body, the resurrection ability of my DNA to, to materialize into a resurrected body is in me now, manifest in my mortal flesh now. So then death works in us, but life in you. 
we have the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed, and therefore I have spoken. We also believed, and therefore we speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus Christ shall raise us up also by Jesus and present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, rebound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not. I want to encourage you today, do not faint. Stand in your seat of authority. Do not faint. Do not be distressed. Do not be perplexed. Do not be in despair. Come on, stand in your place of authority, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Because we don't faint, but though our outward man is perishing, yeah, our inward man is being renewed day by day. So our outward man might be showing signs of some aging, but the inward man is being renewed and standing firm in all that Yahweh has for that for me, and it's being renewed in me day by day because your light affliction is but for a moment. And it works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And I often say, you know, when we look at these things and we look at what's going on around us, we panic. But honestly, when you're in that place, that dire place, that place of things are terrible, I don't know what's going on, I'm afraid. Let's get water, let's get food, let's hide in the bunkers of our basements of our homes. I want to say to you, your flat affliction is but for a moment. Because what it does is it does work in you a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Why? Because in that place, not waiting for a Savior to ride in and save the day, in the place of affliction, in the place of what's going on around us right now, we find Yeshua. We find the door of hope in the valley of despair. We find a, a table set before us in the midst of our enemies. We find the widow's oil opens up and never runs dry for our generations. It's only in the place of affliction we find it. So then we do not look at the things which are seen, chaos, war, nuclear threat, but at the things which are not seen. What are those things? The things that are rooted and grounded in Yeshua in the realms of the kingdom. Well, the things which we see are temporal. This, is, is this too will end. The pandemic is ending. This too will end. But the things which are not seen are eternal. What are the things that are not seen? Not things that are in the sweet by and by that I'll only get when I die. The things that are not seen are now living as sons in maturity, waiting for the creation, waiting for me to bring a change, standing in my authority, saying, Yahweh, you said who will go? And I said, be, pick me. I will do this. I will walk out my scroll on the face of the earth. I will stand with people. I will stand for nations, both good nations and bad nations, and speak life and speak peace. And we will stop any threats of any types of war as we stand together in unity to all around the face of the earth, speaking life, not getting politicized, but standing in Yahweh. And then we can say, I look at the things which are seen. I do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things that I see are temporal, Yahweh. But the things that are not seen, these are eternal. And the eternal things are the things in the realms of the kingdom, in my place of authority, in my seat of rest. So I want to say today, I speak shalom, shalom, shalom over your hearts and your minds, that, you would, that the peace of God would rule and reign and garrison your heart today. Shalom, shalom, shalom.